0: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and
1: Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play back in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Been a while for both of us. Been a minute. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton. Teamed up alongside a man. I am quickly becoming reacquainted with Jerem Jordan. I am Jerem.
2: You are Spencer. Hello. Good day to you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We both went on fun trips. I would have rather been on your trip, honestly. Uh, The Masters, bro. How was it?
1: The Masters was, as advertised, incredible, uh, iconic. The scenery and the course layout are unbelievable. It was, I was just telling you moments ago, chaotic with Tiger Woods making his return. So... Uh, people are scrambling around him to try and get some type of view. There are no phones allowed on the course yeah. at any point. The yeah. practice rounds, the par 3 challenge, the action, nothing. So, like, you have to take, like, a digital camera for just the practice rounds. if, like you want a picture. And yeah. so you're, you're kind of like a prisoner to what you see at the Masters. Prisoners in the to
2: moment. the 1950s. Right. <laughs> Pimento no digi- and cheese. No digital X scoreboards,
1: and- no replay anything like so you hear a roar from, you know, seven holes away and you're like, I wonder I don't- what just happened.
2: Someone Hold out for the bunker. And you
1: don't know until you get back home later that night and be like, oh, yeah. That's okay.
2: hilarious. Yeah. So
1: pretty pretty wild, but super traditional, obviously. Yeah. Um, and, and fun to be there. Oh, but that's cool. Man. Meanwhile, you're saving the universe. Uh, I was? At uh, Star Wars Land at Disneyland.
2: Yeah, we went hard, dude. Uh, I'm exhausted. I'm so tired. Uh, but it was very fun. California Adventures, Disneyland, and Universal Studios. So... It was awesome.
1: Three for three.
2: Yeah, we we had a, a break between each day, so the the cost of hotel bill was way up, but the worth re- it. But but we walked eleven miles at Disneyland uh-huh. on Tuesday, just crazy. But it was super fun. Uh, ben and Tate loved it. I loved it. It was great. Whitney loved it. My sister in law came too. She was the real MVP. Yeah, because she could really help offset some of the uh, you know travel. We drove down, extra traffic. We stayed in Vegas. Come back didn't anticipate that. Da da da. But anyway, uh, super fun, super fun trip. Glad to be back. I can only really do a week away. And then I'm like, I want to be back. Need something. And I actually spend more social media time structured. on vacation than I do normally. Yeah. So I'm like, what's going on? I'm at Disneyland in line for 35 minutes, Rise of Resistance or whatever. I actually paid to just get in that one. I was like, uh-huh. I'm not getting in the 75 minute line. Okay. Let's just go. That's such a good ride. Greatest ride. ride so at good. Disneyland. Although it was a lot of stress with my. Kids and whether they would cry on the ride or not. <laughs> so in Credit Coaster, <laughs> Ben is going, Dad! Ah! She's freaking out. Tate is freaking out as well in Rise of the Resistance, and I am having to tell him this is fake. That's not real. That's just a screen. That's not really Kylo Ren with a lightsaber coming through the ceiling. Yeah. Like spoiler alert. But yeah, you can't <laughs> say spoiler alert after. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, a lot of crying. A lot of. Uh, it got to 97 on Thursday, by the way, last week. A
1: heat wave for the in Anaheim and L.A. Wild. But
2: it was fun, man. I had a
1: tornado warning at the Masters, so uh, (laughs) they're opposite ends of the weather spectrum there. Exactly. Here's your master show lineup, beginning with another potential major roster shakeup for BYU men's basketball and head coach Mark Pope. What now? Dual thread analyst Blaine Fowler, also back from Augusta, and just in time to help us figure out what the biggest need for BYU basketball is currently. And the BYU to the Big 12 I'm going to call it Engagement Party Continues. What Barry Trammell of the Oklahoman said in his article following a trip to Provo. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines.
2: Yo, Gideon George says he's declaring for the NBA draft without hiring an agent, meaning he's keeping the door open for his return, potentially. Gideon averaged 8.8 points a game on 44% from the field. Much more on this coming up in What's Trending.
1: The BYU Cougarettes win not one but two more national championships. Championships 21 and 22 for those counting, and we obviously are. The Cougarettes won national titles in the D1A Jazz and D1A Hip Hop categories. D1A is the highest level of dance competition available for university teams. The
2: celestial level, if you will. Yes. Congratulations to the Cougarettes. They dominate, man. Baseball swept Santa Clara, 10-0 and 9-5 on Friday and Saturday. Dawson Hall, bro of Jaron. Hit his first career homer Friday. Shout out, shout out to Maple Mountain. Uh, That's where I live now. In front of the 10th largest crowd in BYU history. And Saturday, Josh Cowden helped BYU come from behind with this two-run jack.
0: And Cowden goes to right field. That's way back, and it is gone. Well, that's what we talked about just a few minutes ago, Cowden. He's got tremendous
2: power. Right, Gary Shiny. Cougars play at Nebraska this week.
1: Okay, a little out of conference action before they get back into the WCC. Now 6-6 six and six in West Coast Conference play. That was a huge sweep. Yeah. BYU softball, speaking of West Coast Conference play, drop a tough series against a much-improved LMU squad. Two games to one over the weekend to open up their conference slate. Now it becomes tough sledding to win a 13th consecutive conference championship. I was going to say,
2: are they in danger now of not Keeping that streak going. They need
1: LMU to lose at least two because the Lions hold the tiebreaker over BYU now.
2: Although we do have like a month-ish left, right?
1: Also, a matchup with Dixie State for BYU on Tuesday has been canceled, not surprisingly, due to Due to not
2: understanding what name that school
1: has. Utah Tech has a, what, July 1st? We don't know what your name is. We're canceling the game. Uh, 37 degrees and snow in the forecast for Tuesday, so they're not going to play. Uh, the next game for BYU, Thursday at Idaho State.
2: Don't sleep on them. Ashley Hatch scored another goal for the US, this time in the 86th minute against Uzbekistan. I know it's the wrong country, but very nice. It's her fourth goal in seven games from the US. Oh, Fantastic. amazing. She's scoring for the US, dude. Right,
1: it's so cool. Men's and women's track and field had a big weekend in the Sun Angel Classic and Aggie Invitationals. BYU had four event wins in the Sun Angel Classic, including Colton Yardley in the 400-meter hurdle. Fifth best time in program history at 50.01 seconds, 10th nationally this year. Other wins included Ashton Reiner and Javelin, Claire Seymour in the 800 meters, and the men's four x 400 team. In the Aggie invite, the Cougars had three first place finishes, Emma Johnson in the 200 meters, Spencer Carlisle in the 400 meter hurdles, and Jake Grimsman in the high jump, he cleared six feet, 8.75 inches. Men's volleyball
2: lost in three and five sets at Stanford over the weekend. Ugh. Cougars did switch setters though. Noah Hain got to start, true freshman. Will he start this weekend against Welcome UCLA? Welcome to the show, Noah. By the way, Saturday, BYU is up 2-0, lost 24-22 in the fifth. Uh-huh. Tough one. As mentioned, BYU hosts number one UCLA to round out the regular season Friday and Saturday on the BYU Beat TV. Beat the
1: Bruins in at least one set.
2: <laughs> yes. Uh, listen, I'm interested to see what happens. I don't think BYU is just going to get destroyed this week. Oh, I don't. No.
1: They'll show up and
2: play. I think BYU shows up.
1: BYU Men's Golf tees out today at the 75th Western Intercollegiate. Carson Lundell finished runner-up in the individual event last year. The tournament will run until Wednesday, and you can watch all of the action live on the Golf Channel. That's okay,
2: cool. okay. It was Masters, now it's
1: BYU. Now it's BYU Men's Golf. The women's team also in competition today and tomorrow at the Chambers Bay Invitational.
2: Women's soccer went undefeated this spring, finishing with wins against Southern Utah and Utah Valley on Saturday, led by a combined brace on the day from Ruby Haldick and
1: Paula Garcia. Paola. Yeah, nicely done. Men's tennis lost twice over the weekend, 4-0 to USF and 4-1 to Santa Clara. But the women's team did get the best of the Broncos, 6-1 on Saturday. Mm. Both teams back in action this weekend. The women against LMU and the men take on Pepperdine and LMU as well. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending.
0: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
1: Roster Roundup for BYU men's basketball. Mm -hmm. What in the world (laughs) is BYU basketball going to look like next season? No Alex Barcelo. No T. John Lucas. Got a couple of transfers already out the window. And then Gideon George says, hey, I'm going to test the NBA draft waters. This is getting more and more interesting for Mark Pope. So, Jerem, let's start with just your reaction to the news that Gideon George declared for the NBA draft, although he didn't sign an agent.
2: Yeah, so he keeps the door open to come back um, if he wants. His original intention and declaration was that he would come back. And my conversations with him like a month ago were like, yeah, I'm coming back next year. So I'll be surprised if he doesn't. Sure. Um, Also, the declaration for the NBA draft. I love Gideon. We all love Gideon. He's not an NBA draft pick. What we really mean by this phrasing is looking to see if there's an overseas opportunity there. He certainly could be Charles Abu. Like he could go home, play uh, in Africa somewhere. He could play maybe in Europe there's an opportunity. Like he has good length and athleticism. At times his three pointer's good, like pretty inconsistent. Like but I love we all love Gideon. We want the best for this dude. He's a great human being. Um yeah, when we say the NBA draft, it's like, homie ain't getting drafted. Sorry.
1: He wants to be Malik Fitz. The former St. Mary's guy who's now kind of working his way onto the Celtics
3: roster.
2: Yeah. Listen, that's a good comp. I don't think that Gideon's at Malik Fitz level at this point. But I I think Gideon has a professional career in there. Sure. It's not an NBA career, but it's somewhere, which is awesome. Like, Like, I'm not even sure Alex Barcelo has an NBA career. You know what I mean? Like, I'm hoping he's like, G League do crushes it. Gets a shot, or he goes overseas and he can be Kevin Pangos. Like, why can't Alex Barcelo be Kevin Pangos? I totally see that somewhere in Europe, successfully for His a lot game of money. Is
1: perfect for, for the a... European skill set. He's too good
2: of a shooter not to be a pro, right? But when it comes to Gideon, certainly there's some work to be done, and uh, you know, I'm not ruling out anything for anybody. But it certainly doesn't feel like the NBA draft is a thing with Gideon. I expect him to come back, and I hope. For The best for him, whatever that means. If he goes, he goes. Be always loaded in terms of like, okay, they have Trevin now and Spencer Johnson and Santa Knight coming back in the backcourt, plus three return missionaries that they like, especially Dallin Hall. I'm We're stoked about Dallin Hall. Rich Saunders going to be a baller. Tanner Toulson going to be a baller, we think. But like Dallin Hall feels like he's a Big 12 signee, if you will. Mm-hmm. Colin Chandler, Big 12 signee. Foos, Big 12 kind of player. a Tiki potentially down the road. Caleb Lohner, yeah, let's go. Those are the guys where I'm like, okay, big 12 kind of players. I'm not talking Kansas Baylor. I'm talking to go 500 in the league. Like, if you can get a team of those guys, I feel like you can go 500 and then you can make the tourney.
1: I want Gideon George to come back so that Richie Saunders and Tanner Toulson specifically do not have to be thrust into the spotlight right now. Like yes, because maybe then one or both of those guys can redshirt because you do have Gideon George and Spencer Johnson and Seneca Knight.
2: But uh, BYU will bring in a couple transfers and they won't have to be thrust into that situation. Those three guys. I think Dallin Hall will.
1: Dallin Hall, I think, can I, I mean, from what we have heard from the coaches and what we have seen and talked about and discussed, Dallin Hall feels like a guy that could be an immediate contributor.
2: Yes, I don't he'll just know. have to beat out some seniors. Sure. Yeah. I don't
1: know as much about Richie Saunders and Tanner Toulson just because they weren't in the limelight, per se, as much or discussed as much when that class was signed.
2: And I need to know exactly when they return. That tells me a lot. Like, if they get home in the spring, it's it, it's different than the, if they get home in July. Like, if they get, if one of these guys gets home in July, I'll be like, Maybe in February no. they'll do something.
1: Here's the other thing that Dallin Hall has working in his favor to be an immediate contributor. His position is listed as a point guard. Yeah, BYU is desperately in There's need. No point guards of on the roster. Point guards. There's Who's going to be the primary ball handler for BYU next a year? A transfer, and Dallin Hall. Right? Or is Dallin Hall gonna be the switched backup? over to play the two? Is he gonna be like an Alex No, Marcelo there are plenty hybrid? of twos. There are plenty of twos and threes. Yes. Right now. I yeah. want Gideon George to come back and I think he will. This is a great this is a great thing for him. Go Just, and get some yes. feedback from yes. the NBA draft analysts. Go ahead and sure. Go to camps, be able to talk to people. You don't have an agent, find out what you need to work on so that you can pursue that professional career at a next level. Find out what you need to do. So I expect him to be back. And I want him to be back so that Richie honors and Tanner Toulson, those guys can just take a breath after their mission. Like, just, it's okay. Step back, get antiqu- or, uh, acclimated with the system, with Mark Pope and his staff, and then be ready to go in the Big 12.
2: Get antiquated, too. Get old. Yeah. 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 Or, I, it's true. Yes, because the—and this is something we need to discuss at some point here soon is, is next year about next year, or is it getting ready for the Big 12? Oh, man. Like, it's the swan song in the WCC— I don't know about you. I don't, really, I don't really feel that emotional or whatever about that. Like, it's, it's, it's getting into the new house. I don't care about the old house anymore.
1: I know the new, that the new house Mark Pope and the staff exciting. are going to pitch hey, this is your last opportunity to win the West Coast Conference Championship. BYU's never done it. So <laughs> this is your chance to make history. That's to hilarious. Be the to team that's never done the tournament. Something. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Can you get hot in Vegas? Sure. BYU had it down to the last five minutes two years ago. And Gonzaga's going to take a step back, we hope. Okay, topic two. Let's <laughs> step back to the 10th best team in the country instead of the first. What a
0: fall
1: from grace.
2: They suck now. If Gideon George leaves, it would mean another scholarship is open for a new player. Let's break down the scholarship situation.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we've talked about a bunch of this already, but yes. we, let's, let's, let's get to the scholarship you. numbers specifically. Okay,
2: there's 10 dudes returning, 7 in the backcourt. Nell Johnson Knight-Stewart mm-hmm. plus Hall-Saunders-Toulson. Okay, that would be the backcourt. Front court. Loner, Fus, Atiki.
1: Transfer. <laughs>
2: right? <laughs> we okay. need a transfer. Okay, transferring out, Erickson Hanson. I said Hansen was a walk-on two weeks ago. That was incorrect. He's on scholarship. I've confirmed that. That means three scholarships are open. At least three right now. There might be more. Who what knows? What happens
1: if Gideon George doesn't come back?
2: Right? That's, I've assumed he's not okay. in this. Okay. If he comes back, there's only two, technically. Okay. We've talked about it. So what, what do you want BYU to do with those open scholarships?
1: A point guard and a center.
2: Yeah. That's what I said a couple weeks ago. And
1: maybe there's some familial ties for the center position uh, with somebody that's already on the roster. We don't know. The point guard situation. Well, there's some very, very talented junior college point guards specifically that are looking closely at BYU. One specifically that is looking at BYU. Uh, that that to me is like priority number one. Point guard and then size.
2: I like eight-letter first and last nib. <laughs> four and four. I like that. Yeah. Point guard then size. One hundred percent. Yes. And they need to be like come in and start guys to me. You
1: got to play. You got to you got to contribute to me. it needs a
2: five. Like I don't want to play undersized. I don't want to thrust a tiki into the spot quite yet. I think midway through next year he might be ready, but not right now. And then definitely a point guard. Like Buey might need two guards. You know what I mean? A point guard and another impact guard. Cause I I don't know about you. I I like Trevin Nell and Spencer Johnson and Seneca Knight, but none of them have emerged as like mm, the consistent guy Is that's this a double the digit score. Is
1: isn't this the year that would be a perfect scenario for one, if not multiple, those guys to emerge because so many shots are now available. T. John Lucas and Alex. Those Parcello are going are away, gone. bro.
2: The moment that BYU signs a point guard and maybe another guard, mm. those shots get gobbled up. Like eighty percent of them with those two guys, probably. Because if you bring in those two guys, you're not saying, "Well, you'll compete with these guys for playing time." You're probably going, "Listen, we expect you to start. We expect you to start."
1: Big questions remain for BYU basketball, and that's
2: that's like if BYU's going to make the tourney. If BYU's going to go to the NIT again. They don't need to do a ton.
1: Yeah, it's clearly about the tournament. You know what tournament. I mean?
2: Yes, that's the goal.
1: Clearly. So you
2: need to you need to get to – you need to be better than you were last year, sure. Spence.
1: Yes. and Three scholarships open. I want Gideon to be one of those coming back. Yes. Come on back. Come, Our question of the back, day. Baby. What is the greatest need for BYU basketball to fill going into next season? Let's go to Voice of the Nation.
0: This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. Wyatt Karras gets it on Instagram. He like says, this.
1: one true point guard, two true center. Yes. True.
0: And yes. True
2: meaning pure. Like, Dallin Hall is a combo guard, though. It's my understanding. Okay. He's not he, like a He's true, like an Alex Barcelona? He's not a true. Yeah, because AB was more of a two to me. He's yeah, not like Alex a point guard. Alex was a combo guard. But he can play point guard. Dallin sure. Hall
1: is probably going to be the backup point guard to whoever BYU Lures in from yes. a Juco transfer yes. or the transfer portal.
2: True center. Atiki's a true center. Foos is a four. Caleb's a four. Don't ever call Caleb a three. He's not a ball-handling wing. He's a post, right? I think in high school he was more. But the way BYU's been playing him is more of a four, and then they put him at five sometimes. Undersized. It's one thing when you're playing Pacific. It's another when you're going to play freaking Baylor in yeah. Kansas. Yep. Like, you need true... Uh, positional players, right? Let's go.
1: A true point guard, a true center, and Gideon George. There you go. Hashtag BYUSN. true church! Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.
2: Coming up! Colin Chandler dunks on fools at a USA basketball camp.
1: And Blaine Fowler was my buddy in Augusta. Is he going to be wearing the Masters green? More importantly, what can he tell us about what BYU basketball needs to do in their future? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: A reminder that you can listen to BYU Sports Nation on demand. You can download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review.
1: We are live in studio B on a Monday. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton, reunited
2: with Jerem Jordan. It's been a minute. Like, what? Like, March 31st?
1: When I was trying to think about how many shows we have done together in the last calendar month it's like three shows in a month <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's been crazy yeah
1: or something it's like been that. been wild uh, so it's good to be back uh, also good to be joined by Blaine Fowler one of my travel buddies to Augusta and the masters I can and hear
3: the birds right now it was crazy <laughs> yeah they were tweeting a lot could you, you hear the birds you can't in there see them. yeah they
1: can't see the birds
3: I'm like, where are the birds? Could you hear them? Oh yeah, they're deep, deep, deep undercover. You can hear them, and it wasn't affecting like Tiger and Brooks and all those guys. Like they're just unflappable, but they were bothering me. Like when they were standing over a putt, I was like, hey, I can't focus on the putt right now. These birds are driving me nuts. I don't know how they focus it out. I don't know if it's piped in sound. I know what you're saying. No, it's they're they're all over the place, but you can't see them. No. So Spencer's got his some of his uh, gear on. But And I don't have any on because I went into that shop, and you can only get the stuff of that shop. And I was not going to lug around like 80 pounds of stuff like – Spencer went and got a bag that looked like Santa Claus's pack, (laughs) put it over his shoulder, and schlepped it around the golf course all day long with him. That was the sacrifice. But but Augusta is like this great system, so I – guys i bought eight hundred dollars worth of gear yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and i put it all in nice. a bag and then you walk next door and i shipped it out you so it's coming away. to my house sometime this week yeah that's look awesome. i had to take care of my guys I ben know. bagley jr no, phillips i'm like they what i was like what money. are like, you doing you just spent an hour and a half in that store and he's like well he starts naming off names i'm just like man you're a better man than me because <laughs> i got 800 dollars worth of stuff for me and shipped it home <laughs> that's awesome man.
1: Santa Claus is here for <laughs> all that uh, put it into uh, my wallet. Uh, I, I hopefully I can deliver. Okay, so we talked about the Masters experience. Now back to reality, Blaine, with BYU basketball. And this morning I'm on the phone call with Jeremy, and I'm thinking, holy cow, if Gideon George is leaving, uh, now Mark Pope is dealing with another scenario of like, okay, well, how are we going to piece this thing together? So what's your reaction to Gideon George leaving, and how does this now affect BYU basketball and their roster shakeup moving forward?
3: Well, it hurts, and there's a couple of scenarios that I that I see happy happening with Gideon. Possibly, at first, when I read that, I thought, "Man, this is." They expected him to be a primary scorer and in a big role. And you remember that nit game where he played so well. That's who they wanted him to be. Yeah. And you know, a vital role, a key cog, a leading role on this team. And so I thought, "Man, this is not good." And then then I thought about Yoli when you know the first year that he declared, and. And then I calmed down a little bit. I got back off the ledge. I have climbed back in the window. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, it's not – it, the fact that he put in that initial tweet, um, I have not um, put my college uh, career in jeopardy because he's not going to lose eligibility. He's going to keep his college eligibility. He's not going to sign an agency. this This allows him to go out and test the waters. It allows him to play in some of these pre-NBA draft camps and get some exposure, which is nothing but good for him, right? And not only good for exposure for him, but – Helps him develop as a player. Play against really, really good talent in some of these camps. So that's all a good thing. And maybe the mindset is, and I haven't talked to Gideon because we were gone all last week. Maybe the mindset is, this is a good idea for me. Keep my eligibility. Come back like Yoli did and have an unbelievable next year. I think Yoli was a better player because of it. And come back and play. That's scenario one. I think that's... I'm. I'm leaning toward that's what's going to happen with him. Um, and that's going to be good. That's all good for BYU. Um, the, the other scenario is he goes out, he gets exposure, and all of a sudden um, GMs and player personnel directors from European teams um, come and say, hey, do you want to come play in Italy? Do you want, And we get an Eric Mika situation where he decides it's time for me to go make money. And that concerns me a little bit because that's a real possibility. He can play there. Um, he's not polished enough and, and he's not good enough to be drafted in the NBA yet. You know, and could he go get better and have a phenomenal senior year and all of a sudden be one? Yeah, he, he could be. Uh, I don't think he can play himself in these camps into being an NBA guy. And so so that's the other scenario. I think the probability is higher that he raises his stock, he gets exposure, he comes back to BYU, has a phenomenal year, and raises his stock even more. I'm hopeful that's the case because he needs to be a key part of what they do this next year.
2: Yeah, he's, he's not an NBA draft pick, clearly. Like, single-digit score in the WCC – Percentage is a little lower, and my, and my concern for Gideon is the same concern I have a little bit for Trevin Spencer, Seneca, and that like who's who's the guy like, and there could be two, but like out of the four, it's just like waves. My turn, your turn, my turn, turn. which that that's not going to get BYU in the NCAA tournament next year. Like you got to have well, two it's, of those. It's, four it's okay
3: if if three of those guys average twelve.
2: Right, I just you know, gonna, like
3: if they're consistently all scoring twelve. Yeah. Then, then you're okay. You don't have to have. I've seen really good teams that don't have a 17 point score, but they have five guys that average in double figures, and they're always in double figures. It's I, not one guy 19 yeah. one night, and the, and the other guy's three, and then the next the other guy like like you just described, which is what we witnessed this last year. But if all of a sudden they all go, hey, we understand our role, we know where our points come, and and all three of us average 12, and Foose averages 14 and 12. That's that's kind of a – 14-9, okay? Um, And Atiki all of a sudden is a threat in the post. I I would be okay with that. Um, I'd like to see more consistent play out of all of them because they all had flashes of brilliance. Yeah. Um, And, you know, Johnson was a guy who early in the season I thought, whoa, this is is bonus because this guy was supposed to be this lockdown defender and now look at him scoring and knocking down threes and then it kind of fell off. If he can become who he was for a stretch – he can be really good. Gideon, if he can become – Gideon's got all kinds of upside. Um, and, and and then Foose and Atiki, they're just scratching the surface. And Foose was good, and he's just scratching the surface. But, but they've got to add some pieces if they're going to compete this next year, and they've got to add some pieces if they're going to be ready in two years to be in the Big 12.
1: Blaine Fowler is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Clearly, BYU needs a point guard because – might need two. Outside of Dallin Hall, who was a combo guard off of a mission, he can play point guard. He did so in high school, but he's just more of a naturally gifted scorer. There's not much there. Who else is going to play point guard? Like, it, that has to be priority number one. Does it not?
3: It, it No, it absolutely is. And you know, we can't talk about guys. There's some really high-profile point guards that BYU's after that if people want to – on this show, we can't talk about it, right? Uh, we all know who they are. You all know who they are back home. But, um, They've got to get one of these guys they're going after at point guard. They literally need to go get a starting point guard. And that's not to say that Dallin Hall can't emerge eventually. He can play the point. Yeah, I think he's going to have to play the point. I think he's going to have to contribute next year. What would be really nice you do at point
2: guard? Yeah, as at least the backup.
3: At least the backup. Yep. I, I I don't think he has to be the guy at point guard next year because he's just going to be fresh off of a mission. That's that's too much to expect, yep. right? Yep. But I do think that we can expect that he comes and plays significant minutes at the point as a backup. So so that means in the transfer portal, you got to go get a starting point guard um, because Tijon and Alex are gone. And, you know, they thought bringing Tijon in was going to take pressure off of Alex to have to handle the ball. And that, Alex still had to handle the ball a bunch, right? So they lose both of those guys. And so somebody, they got to go get somebody. They've got some real high profile guys. that they get one of those? And I think Dallin could be a really good, I think he's going to have to, I think he's going to have to contribute. And, and I think in the transfer portal, right now it looks like they've got a couple of scholarships. I think before it's all said and done, they may have three. I think they need a, a big um, to augment what Atiki and Foos can do. And I think Foose needs to be able to play some four, right? Um, and maybe Caleb can go over and play some three. If Foos can play some four, that's going to help Caleb because he was always a face-up guy and all of a sudden he's with his back to the basket all the time this last year. So that would make them better. And I think they need a combo four or five that can stretch defenses a little bit, that is a little different than Atiki and Foos. They can step out and make you go cover the three out there. Um, and, and they've had some good bigs that they've got through. I think Harms was a great contributor when he came in. So they need a big, I think they need a big combo wing, a six-six-six-seven wing. And most importantly, they need a point guard. And I think they're going to have three scholarships available. You know, we just, we just had the transfer news of Hanson and Erickson. That opened up two scholarships. I think they'll have one more. And that's what they need to go get. And they need to get guys that have two or three years of eligibility, not one-and-dones, um, because they need those guys to be part of what they do as they step into the Big 12. Ah, yes. And they can
2: use that now for the first time. This is the first offseason where they could say, hey, you can play in the Big 12. Yes. Let's talk about what you mentioned with the uh, backcourt. It feels like it's already kind of loaded to push Caleb into that area. Slash, I think he needs to stay in the front court. And if you're already signing some transfers, is there is there enough space to put Caleb at the three in that situation? I was I've always felt like he's a four. They had to play him at some five. It's not what not ideal. Hopefully, you sign another five and you have a Tiki and you're good.
3: I mean, for me, if you don't ever play him at the five again, unless you specifically are going against a team that you want to go small and run against that would be great for him. Because I, I think he needs to be a primarily a four, but but maybe spend some time at three. When you're looking at matchups and you're playing a team that has a big three that he can go out and defend on the perimeter, and maybe maybe you play a team that has a three that can't defend him on the perimeter. I mean, Caleb used to be a really de- a good was, shooter, yeah. right? And so there's just this confidence issue. If he can get that confidence back and knock down shots, then when you push up on him, you know what he can do. He'll put it on the floor and he'll dunk on people's heads, right? And so – I think that he would be happier as a player if he could play three and four. Primarily four, but play some minutes at the three. And and never play at the five if you can help
1: Certainly, him. and as a face-up player because right. his entire career right. he has been and a so, face-to-the-basket, not a back-to-the-basket player.
3: And BYU's mm-hmm. deepest... Spot right now is the two, right? And, and I and I think Seneca is going to take a huge jump this this year from because he's going to understand his role better. I think there were times when the light bulb was on, and other times where it was like, I'm not quite sure where I'm supposed to get my shot. And this is Alex's team, so I think he takes a huge step forward this year and becomes the guy he was at San Jose State, where he understands I'm a primary scorer. I can, you know, I have the ball in my hands. I can go go get some points. And he's he's not a, a shooter. He's a scorer, and he can be that this next year. So the two's pretty, and Seneca can play some three, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Two and three interchangeable. Right. I wonder Blaine if it's the same situation as San Jose state though, because that team was terrible. Like someone had to score. Yeah, you know what I mean? Guy. So I, I wonder in this situation, if it's the same, but who, yeah, whoever BYU brings in, they're trying to make the tourney next year, which brings right. us to this is next year about next year, or is it about preparing for the big
3: 12? Because I'm ideally it's both, but it's hard to do both. It is hard to do both. I I think that our expectations can be if they get the right if they go get a really high quality point guard and then another big, even if they don't get a wing like I want them to, with the pieces they have. This is a team that's successful – and I realize they play in the Challenge of the Atlantis. What is that called? Bahamas or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the one in Atlantis. I want to go cover that one if we can. Seriously. Um, so they have quite a challenging preseason schedule, but this this, this is a year um, where I, I always expect that they're going to win 20 games, even in a reload year, right? Um, and The schedule is conducive to them to be able to do that if people step up that need to step up. But I do think it's vital they get a point guard and a big from the transfer portal. Um, And then you got to get guys, you guys talk about Saunders and Toulson. Um, These are shooting guards that were big time recruits. Toulson, um, we were talking about off on the air, 5'6'' as a freshman in high school, 6'5'' as a senior with a skill set that he had when he was 5'6''. This is Andy Toulson's boy. Andy Toulson's one of the best fundamental shooters I've ever seen. When you watch um, a Tanner shoot, you're like, man, that's Andy. Mm. Great footwork, perfect form. So he's going to be, he shot 46% from three. He, he's going to be a really good Big 12 player. He's a 6'5'2 that can really stroke it, right? And then, and we already talked about Dallin, and then Saunders reminds me of, I hate to even say this because people are like, oh, really? He reminds me of Chase Fisher with his ability to shoot and elevate and do those kinds of things, Mm. and so so he's also a a really good two-three kind of a guy, Um, and and so great shooting is what we're what would be always going to need in the Big 12. Let those guys come back from their mission. Down Hall is going to have to contribute, I think, because they're so thin at the point, and he can play the point. Let those guys develop, and now you're going to the Big 12, and you got Tiki back for his third year, Tiki back, and you've got Foose and these transfers that you brought in. They have another year. And Colin and, and, Chandler. Down and Hall's in his second year, and then Tanner Toulson and Richie uh, uh, are coming back, and then Colin Chandler joins yes. the team, who's who's truly an NBA talent. I think you can do both. Okay. I think you can do both. I don't know. Is it an NCAA tournament team or is it borderline like this year? That's okay with me if they are, as long as I look like they're making progress to go into the Big 12.
1: Okay, Blaine, we need to bring something up that showed up on Twitter over the weekend from a man named Andy Malnowski at 18 Sports Andy who pointed out a 1979 sports (laughs) flashback on 16-millimeter film. Is,
2: Is this from 1929? It says, Look at this film, boy.
1: Fowler and the Blue Devils scorch Southside in the Erie Bell game. Look at you, fleet of foot. Oh, throwing on Escaping the run. Escaping pressure, connecting with the receiver downfield. I like my, when my nice guys fumble, fumble, forward fumble for
3: 15 yards. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. No, it, and, and it's, you know what, it brought back some fun memories. It's funny, when you think back, I'm watching that. Well, the first thing I'm saying is, hey, it would have been good to have somebody block right there instead of getting smacked in the face. But, but the, the thing that I thought about watching this was all of the guys on the team. Like, it was, it was just like, oh, my gosh, this is – it brings back memories of friendships. That's what sports is all about, you yeah. know. When we go talk about the teams that I played on in the 80s and national championships, the thing that – when we had that alumni day the other day and that alumni flag football game, it's it's just all about the relationships. That's exactly what I thought. I tweeted back at him and told him thanks thanks for that great memory, but mostly the memory of the players that I played with that are you know several of which are still really good friends today. That's what that's what being in sports is all about. That team's a really good team. Our, our starting tight end was six five and two thirty and started for four years at Syracuse. Marty Chalk, Ricky Allen, our wide receiver. Richie Allen's son, the National League two-time most valuable player, wow. uh, was a 10 meter guy playing wide receiver. My job was pretty easy. Drop back and just huck it. Kind of like what Max <laughs> Hall did in the alumni game at the end when Jerome had the mic and, and the guy's were like, I'm this and I'm that, and Max is like, hey, guys, I'm just going to huck it, okay? I'm just going to huck you gotta it. got to chuck it up. With, with that team, all I had to do was just drop back and huck it. That was a fun team. That's ah, awesome. And, and I stuff. can't
2: believe you played in 1929. That's yes. crazy, <laughs>
1: man. Blaine, great to have you here, man. Thanks, guys.
2: Okay, coming up, where does Tyler Algiers sit on the best steals in the NFL draft
1: list? And Barry Trammell of the Oklahoman says, BYU's facilities are mostly Big 12 ready. So, which facilities need work? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk. Enabling global trade for a growing world. I passed a Marisk truck
2: in California. I was like, hey! shipping. Enabling global trade for a That's, growing world. On the newest D-Blue podcast to talk with David Nixon, part two, part one wasn't enough. About the 06-08 seasons. This time in the NFL, including getting a game ball one week then getting cut the next Listen to it on the BYU Radio app where podcasts are fed.
1: He is Jeremiah Spencer. This is a Monday edition of BYU Sports Nation to interact with the show and get content throughout the day. Follow us on all of the major social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Now we whip it! And the Cougar whip Around is presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world.
2: Bleacher Report has Tyler Algier as fifth on a list of potential biggest steals in the upcoming NFL Draft. How likely is it that Tyler Algiers is a day two pick, a.k.a. second or third round?
1: Third round, I'd put him at about 25%. I think that just because running backs are not what they were once in the NFL Draft and their value that... A bunch of these guys are going to slide into later rounds, so uh, I'd say 25%. I, I, I think of him as a fourth-round pick.
2: I like fourth round. Let's hope for third and get fourth.
1: Colin Chandler wants to be a first-round pick in the NBA. He tweeted out this video. Of him dunking hard and catching a body this weekend, does this get you uh, more excited about Colin Chandler at BYU?
2: Uh, no, because I can't be more excited about Colin Chandler at BYU. I uh, messaged him. He said this is the Nike Hoops Summit. He was on the scrimmage squad. Pretty cool to see him in the USA jersey, dude. Throwing down. Uh, love that. BGB or the artist formerly known as Big Game Boomer. Wow. Ranks the Littlewood Eakin combos. 30th is on baseball softball coaching duos. <laughs> what is the best coaching duo on campus in similar sports?
1: Hard to argue with cross country right now, Karen, with that Ice Stone and Diljit Taylor, good. because they've been winning national championships multiple in the last few years, and then had multiple individual national championship winners. So, I it's hard to beat that.
2: I will argue for the Olmsteads, okay, uh, because they are both the winningest coaches in their sport by winning percentage which is pretty awesome. Obviously that doesn't equate to cross-country in winning percentage, but that's pretty good too.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Amazing
2: coaches at Brigham.
1: Now, do football and soccer, which is also football, do that? does that correlate? Because if so, then Kalani Sataki and Jen Rockwood and Kalani, is a nice combo good. there too.
2: Yeah, hey, you know how you win? Great coaches. Yes. Great players. And BYU has a lot of great them. Great ingredients, Papa John's. Let's Boise go.
1: State teased, and then unveiled plans for a new Athletics Village facility. It's the Olympics? What is is
2: this, the Olympics? Yeah, exactly.
1: Will this Athletics Village help them get into a Power 5 conference? No. It's not.
2: (laughs) Like, will it help? Sure. But it's more about location and the whole athletic department with Boise State and, like, TV market. That's that's the issue. I hope Boise State's in the Big 12. I want Boise State in the Big
1: 12. Yeah, I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, it's great. It's a good thing for Boise State. I do not think that that is like, oh, now they're more power five
2: right now. Now they are. Nope. Uh, Yeah, going undefeated wasn't enough. Roy McIlroy had a few fun celebrations at the Masters after some incredible shots, namely holding out of the bunker on 18. to shoot at 64 yesterday. Ah! That was amazing.
1: He wasn't sure what to do.
2: Yeah. What are some of your favorite BYU football celebrations? Uh,
1: I'm going to go back to Riley Nelson against TCU The high-five to the referee after he scored a touchdown. I was
2: right next to Riley when this happened. This is fantastic. And I was about to flip up the switch to say, hey, you just high five the ref, but Mark Lyons beat me to it. I mean,
1: granted, it was a two-point conversion, but whatever. He still high-fives the ref to make it a 10-point game. That That was was really fun. Uh, The Hauk hug against Nebraska is one of my most favorite celebrations. He wasn't even the player that caught the touchdown.
2: We were all hugging each other. That was very uh, cathartic.
1: He's just incredulous. He just runs the sideline and hugs the first person he sees. Yes! Hug the referee! Luckily
2: it was dead ball and he didn't get a penalty.
1: Okay. What about you? What are some of yours?
2: Uh this one's super random JJ De Luigi against Wyoming in 20- 2009. He scores a touchdown then he does this little dance and he got a 15-yard penalty and he told me after that he <laughs> planned on doing it. So I said, "You plan on getting a penalty?" which was pretty funny. Um steve young 1983 is an all-timer loses his mind after beating missouri his final play he scores. will he score he does score and then he's like
1: he said and he told us this on a few occasions he kind of lost his mind he was out of body at that point. oh like, yeah i didn't know what to do I just, this is like pure elation you
2: couldn't possibly plan what to do in those moments plus kalani sataki dancing and just celebrating on the silent Kalani's a very fun person and it's Yes, beating his chest, so <laughs> dancing. So fun, right? So
1: fun. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Okay. The Cougarettes, as we noted earlier in the show, have won two more national titles. That's number, one. number 21 and number 22.
2: It's <laughs> amazing. Wild. Cross country is like, we have to win how many?
1: It's wild. Jerem, is BYU a dance school?
2: Yes, it's a dance school. And a volleyball school. And a soccer school. And how a football How about just school. a women's sports
1: a- school right now?
2: is in athletic school. Like this, the athletic program this year has been unbelievable. Just the best year ever. This is the greatest year in BYU athletics, and the Cougarettes are included in that. And cheerleading took fourth, by the way. Congratulations. Yeah, they they were first going into the final day and took fourth, so they were a little disappointed by that. But still, amazing stuff from Daytona
1: Beach. They're competing at the highest level too. Like there are several divisions of these champions. It's celestial levels, the highest level.
2: No, you're right. Real championship coming up one of you is going to get today's elite voice of the day.
1: And BYU impressed Big 12 rider Barry Trammell. What does he have to say about his visit and where can they use the facilities upgrade? This is BYU Sports
0: Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: Yo, subscribe to BYU Sports Nation on YouTube. Uh, you can get all the interviews from the show. BYU Sports Nation Right Now episodes. Subscribe today. BOA Sports Nation on U- the YouTube.
1: Yes, welcome back to BOA Sports Station, live. Currently in Studio B, longtime columnist from the Oklahoman Barry Trammell. We missed him. Was a him, guest yeah. on the show on Friday. It was in the studio. That was a fun combo. Shout out to Dave McCann, Kristen Kozlowski. Yeah, and others holding it down the fort uh, while we were gone. But uh, he fort was just,
2: Studio B. Is that the name of this place? Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> He was a fantastic guest on the show, enjoyed a full-scale tour of BYU's campus and all the facilities, and he published a travel blog about some of his time here and those experiences. A couple of things really stood out to us. First, Trammell talked about the BYU facilities and how they will translate to the current Big 12, and I quote, "'BYU will need to do some things to get up to Big Twelve speed,' including some facility upgrades. But in some ways, BYU facilities are ahead of the Big 12 standard. Okay. He continues, BYU's Diamond Sports have better facilities than Oklahoma State or Oklahoma softball plus Oklahoma baseball. But think about it. A school in northern Utah has excellent softball and baseball facilities. It snows here a lot. Yeah. It's going to snow tomorrow for crying out loud. Yes. He continues, the football stadium, while fine, probably needs the most upgrades, Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Lavelle Edwards has the most of the amenities you need, including a giant new video board, but there are infrastructure improvements that could be made though nothing outlandish. More luxury suites would help. BYU has about 42. Doubling that would help the Cougars immensely. And there's room for such expansion, end quote.
2: He is right. Uh, The locker room needs to be renovated as well at the stadium.
1: At the stadium specifically.
2: Yes, and he is exactly right. Luxury suites need to double. I agree wholeheartedly. BYU won't make that move, I don't think, though, until it gets some of that TV money. Then it can be like, all right, we got Because what BYU does, people don't always know this, what BYU does is they make sure they have the money beforehand almost every time.
1: And then more money to maintain said upgrades yes. in perpetuity.
2: We're, which is pretty wild. So BYU operates in the black, right, um, which is unique. So hopefully BYU will make these upgrades the first couple of years of being in the Big 12 because now and, – and you don't know what the TV deal is going to be exactly because it's not been negotiated yet for the 2025 season. But uh, BYU certainly needs to do that. But it is validating that Barry acknowledges, in many ways, BYU is ahead of the standard, which is great. And obviously, there's a few things that need to be upgraded. Like, like uh, people have asked about, you know, volleyball. Like, BYU, should BYU build its own volleyball facility? I say no, honestly. The TerraFlex is amazing. The unique Smithfield house has uh, a home court advantage. I say no. Like, I don't want BYU to build one at Provo High. Uh, I don't want that. Soccer. Does soccer need kind of on the media side more of like a – I know there were plans like 15 years ago to do this. They haven't done anything. Some kind of press box on that side of uh, being a little more elevated and having – maybe. I don't know. Yes, you can always upgrade the stuff. Um, baseball's pretty good. And soccer's pretty good. My
1: only complaint is I want more than one bathroom in that press box.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 100%. One time I was calling a baseball game, Spence – and uh, I had to go between innings. Uh-huh. Our breaks are 90 seconds. Oh, they're 60 now, Jerem. They're 60 now. They're 60 wow.
1: seconds now.
2: Okay, yeah, that's tough when it's a three-and-a-half, four-hour So game. you run down yeah.
1: there and somebody's in the bathroom that's like, okay, well.
2: You're like, no, you're out. I'm the ump now. <laughs> you're gone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the facility upgrade at Lavelle Edwards Stadium is, uh, he makes a great point there. Yeah, let's make, let's make it more luxury. Let's, let's upgrade that baby.
2: They've done that with basketball, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like, there used to be a lot more media seats. Nope, half of it is for. And I would love for teams boy, at yeah,
1: BYU not to have to compete for the indoor practice facility with intramurals and other classes. So, if they could build another building that would open up that opportunity for teams just to have more access yeah. to the indoor practice facility, that's probably number two. I thought for of me. another
2: one. The bottom level of the Marriott Center needs to be way more accessible. And there, I wonder if there need to be luxury um, suites in the Merit Center at some point. I, you could make a killing on that. Okay. Okay, next quote. TV's. Uh, we love this one, is a thriving enterprise Ooh. with 160 full-time employees plus an army of student workers that shames the Longhorn Network. What? <laughs> ESPN can't wait to get out from under Bevo TV. Oh, my gosh. The LDS Church has much more stamina for BYU TV than ESPN has for the Longhorn Network. Oh, my God! Tell it how it really is, Barry. Can you see the flames coming off of this? How will BYU TV be involved with the Big 12? Too early, too early to tell. But BYU TV has been producing its own telecast sporting events for more than a decade. Correction. It's been like 40 years. Uh, and produces a variety of West Coast Conference events. No reason why BYU TV can't enhance the Big 12. It's true. We'll see what our role is. We don't know exactly. There have yeah, been conversations.
1: understandably intrigued to find out what BYU TV is even allowed to make a right. play at well, and do once they join yes. the Big 12 and all of their athletes.
2: They have an ESPN deal with all the Olympic sports. Like, who knows? Who knows what happens? Hopefully. Can they
1: strike a deal with BYU TV so that, hey, ESPN just takes the BYU TV feed and streams it on ESPN Plus? Because we've done that before.
2: Prepare yourself to to have to not have the autonomy we've had before, sure. potentially. Sure. Hopefully not, but uh, we'll see. So, yeah, d- d- go check that out in the Oklahoman. It was a fun, uh, fun read.
1: Yeah, and, and maybe because BYU TV is uh, so amicable with the Big 12 um, and a breath of fresh air, if you will, compared to what Barry Trammell's writing about the Longhorn Network.
2: Right. Like,
1: maybe, how- we, maybe we will be granted more opportunities here, specifically in this building. Who knows? I don't know.
2: We can continue to do a gajillion studio shows. We know that. Sure. We know that. That won't stop. Yeah. Coming up, today's the Elite Voice of the Day.
1: And if you do this twice in a weekend, you are guaranteed, guaranteed a rise and shout out
0: on Monday. This is BYU Sports Nation. Really? What is it? This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America. The official credit union of BYU Athletics.
1: BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps.
2: Or download the pod, just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Our
1: question of the day is such. What is the greatest need for BYU basketball to fill for next season? Jackson Jones on Twitter says... BYU needs more size, not only to combat against the teams they play this year, this upcoming season, but also next season for the Big 12. They need to have someone to replace Barcelo and more scoring. Yep. A lot to replace, but Mark Pope can recruit guys he needs, so I have confidence in him.
2: How big will the Big 12 card be in recruiting, I wonder? It's already proved
1: pretty big with Colin Chandler, you would think.
2: <sighs> I mean, that's the highest recruit BYU's ever had. Mm-hmm. Is that the tip of the iceberg? Like, Is BYU getting uh, – buy needs to get – as many of the top obvious members of the church who want to come to BYU, obviously they have no excuse if they, unless they just don't want to be here, um, which is a fine excuse. You don't have to come here if you don't want, but we'd love to have you. Uh, but other talented players, a la. Like, BYU is a sixth seed in, um, as an at-large because they have seven foot three Matt Harms mm. and Oklahoma State transfer Brandon Averett and Alex Parcella. Like, they had power five dudes. You know what I mean? Like, who aren't members of the church? Who were awesome here? You got to find those guys again.
1: Listen, BYU needs to look east in the JUCO transfer portal. Okay, okay. Nice.
2: <laughs> All I right. See what you did there.
1: Our lead voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain <laughs> Resort, from at Cougar A seventy on Twitter. BYU needs a long-term big guy, six eleven or taller, to compliment Fusiñi Traoré no, no, no. and Caleb
2: Lohner. Or taller wasn't in there. Exactly six foot eleven. Six
1: eleven. Okay. <laughs> Also, someone needs to take over the leadership role left by Alex Barcelo's departure. Yeah. Got to be tough in the paint. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. How could we not give it to the BYU Cougarettes who won DOS National Championships?
2: 21st and 22nd titles. For those who don't know Spanish, that means El Nino. DOS. Yeah, that is Spanish for the Nino.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Our thanks to today's guest, Blaine Fowler.
2: Sorry, to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. Conversation continues twenty four seven on the Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook. Use the hashtag BYU.
1: A lot of does for Jerem. I am Spencer. Shout out to Harland AU. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Dance until then. Celebrate. Go Cougs.